Now the horn, smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when we play jams uh, that are intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. Um, and actually, we've been dealing with uh, a lot of sports stories. Actually, it ain't been a tough show at all because uh, we've been getting breaking news. Seems like every hour on the hour, the biggest of those breaking news stories: Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. It is a done deal. We'll give you some more details about that, but also. We have a lot of fun on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Uh, Spec text line is lit today because my man Patrick found out it was National Bucket List Day and decided that he wanted to uh, learn about your bucket list items. Uh, so all the listeners on the Specs text line, I appreciate your participation. Um, bucket list item from Carrie. Uh, Carrie P. says, bucket list to drive the road of death in Bolivia and survive. See, a lot of these bucket list items are trying to test the test, the basic parameters of death, like yeah, how and close survive you shouldn't is at the end of any of mine. Yes, the bucket. So I, you got a lot. You swimming with sharks on y'all's bucket list, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know about that. See, my bucket list is more like I want to bang Big Bertha. You know what I mean? Like that's a yeah. bucket list item for me. I know I if I talk to CDC and maybe for some, you know, some. I don't know, nondescript kind of athletic event. He'll let me bang Big Bertha. There's a new Big Bertha now too, isn't there's there? There's a new there's a new one. Yeah, she's brand new too. The other, honestly, I want to bang old Big Bertha. I want the older one. Yeah. Cause that's the there's one. more history in old Big Bertha. Exactly. I think Craig banged old Big Bertha, uh Keith Moreland, like all the legends, VY. Yeah. I want to bang the same Bertha that the legends got to yeah. bang. This one is brand new. And wait, by the way, Bertha is a drum. I yeah, probably should let it drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, big Bertha is the drum, like the big drum that Texas uses during games and stuff like that. I apologize. Should have led with that one. But yes, I do want to bang Big I've never done it before, and I want to bang Big Bertha. Yeah. And I heard it's like, even Craig is like, Craig said you essentially, you can try your best to wear out Big Bertha. Like, yeah. give it everything you got. I'm talking about just all your might. Just give it, just give it everything you got to Big Bertha. And he said, you will not. Do damage to Big Bertha, like she's that, like that's that's how tough built to last. Is. Yes, All right. well, hopefully, Big Bertha. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so anyway, Specs Text Line always lit with your uh, your bucket list items. Hit us up for your bucket list items. Uh, yeah, see, uh, yeah, I I know I am married. Yeah, banging Big Bertha. Thank you, Texter. It is based. It's a it's a drum. I that I set it up the wrong way, <laughs> and we were we've been talking about sexual exploits and stuff like that. So that's my fault. I set it up the wrong way. Anyway, let's get to some uh, Texas basketball discussion, and I want to talk a little Texas football before we dive right back into the NFL and the NBA, uh, and also Specs text on five one two three three seven three seven seven six. I promise you, we'll get back to some of those uh, bucket list items as well, and I'll give you my bucket list before I leave. How many items on your bucket list, Patrick? Oh, I don't even know if I have three. You don't got three yet? No. I don't really I think have. I, got, I definitely have one, like a serious one. The yeah. Big Bertha thing is kind of serious, but I think I can check that one off pretty. I have one, actually, I want to do before I kick the bucket. Okay. That I got I to gotta, I gotta do this thing. I've had, I've had a pretty good life that I've, I've done a lot of things that I 
really want to do, and then now I'm getting older where I don't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> so those that cross section there has cut a lot of them off. Well, if you were 18 years old and you're paragliding through the Swiss Alps, yeah, I'll admit you definitely checked off some things that most people would never even dream. I of rode being a donkey at a bullfight in Mexico. Like you wrote crazy oh, things. Rewind. What you R- say? Rode a donkey at a bullfight in Mexico. You rode a donkey. Yeah. In a bullfight in Mexico. Like in the ring? In the ring, yeah. You yeah. wrote a dunk. Wow, yeah. were you the just like what were you the entertainment? No, no, no. We were we were went to the thing. We were in we were I was working with for a band that was playing down there and then we went out and wow. then uh, the worst part was two of my buddies did that. You ever see a thing in uh, Jackass where they have the seesaw? Yes. I they did they so. did that with the bowl running underneath them. <gasps> so they did that, which they didn't know that that was going to happen. So they were on the seesaw they released the yeah, bowl. Yeah, they in were there? in the seat and then we just hear the guy go, "Here comes the bowl." <laughs> and uh we're like, "Oh man. That is way worse than we thought was going to happen." Hold up, man. Hold up. They didn't have to make you sign like a waiver. They again? did, which in Mexico is probably not a good sign. And I guess you probably you probably didn't read it. Like Yeah, we've been drinking for a while that day, too. <laughs> That is fantastic. So when you, you there was no bull in when you were riding a donkey. You was riding a donkey. No, no, no. I got in, and I remember I got on the one donkey, and the guy gets on the other. It's a race, uh, and donkey then the guy race. just looks at me and he goes, "Don't worry, you got the calm one." I'm like, "Cool." Nice <laughs> ride. Nice donkey ride around a bullfight with people cheering. There, there you go, people. See, at the beginning of the show, I learned that Patrick had been paragliding through the Swiss Alps at 18. And now at the end of the show, essentially almost the end, I am learning that he also rode a donkey. Doing a bullfighting like it was a bullfight event, yes. Bullfighting event, yeah. A bullfight. It was yeah. a, that's a bullfight. Huh? Yeah. Wow. That's 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 see, unbelievable. So you can see why I don't have a ton of things. I've done a bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. Bull. I would say being in a bullfighting ring, even if it's not with a bull. Well, and this was after the bull had just come in, and my other friends and I was drunk enough to be like, that seemed like fun. How long did the seesaw thing last? How long? Way this, too long. Like Way, it, it talk, was hilarious for three minutes, and it seems oh, like it long. went on for like ten. It should be a ninety-second thing. At oh max. no, yeah, it was, it was. Dude, that's your. Uh, I'll show you some video of it. Sometime. The longer you stay, the odds of you living through that or not being severely yeah. harmed is like drop. Yeah, and, it's, and there was a lot of close calls in the too. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. okay. See, I learned something new about Patrick every day, and I'm learning something new during the the bucket list, uh, the National Bucket List Day, I should say. All right, uh, let's get to Texas basketball just really quickly. Let's uh, cover the big news for Texas basketball because it is great news. Texas basketball fans should be excited, and uh, a lot of them uh, were waiting on this news. Dylan DeSue, uh, indeed, returning to the University of Texas. He announced it via social media, um, and also he, <laughs> along with his is big news almost on the heels of it. Uh, Texas also learned that they were uh, acquiring Caden Shedrick via the transfer portal. He will be a transfer portal uh, prospect. He's actually ranked, I believe, 247 has ranked at the 17th overall prospect. Um, and he will also uh, be coming to University of Texas because he committed. And I saw the video. He, apparently, it was uh, something that was a highly uh, watched uh, event across the country because Duke fans. Uh, Xavier fans, K-State fans, uh, Missouri fans all thought they had a chance to acquire the services of Caden Shedrick, but Rodney Terry and Texas men's basketball, uh, they end up winning uh, the Caden Shedrick sweepstakes, if you will. And now they have two really uh, elite front court defenders for sure, the guys who can defend the rim. And his that was one of the things he did really well, almost averaged two blocks per game last season. Uh, only a little around seven points per game on average, but it is believed that in Rodney Terry's system, he will have more of a chance to flourish and blossom offensively because uh, his focus, or at least the focus on his skill set has mostly been on the defensive side of the ball. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, that's great news. So Rodney Terry, uh, also right now there are rumors, and hopefully we can uh, report these tomorrow, that they are working on another transfer portal uh, player or several transfer yeah, portal Yeah, we know it, it was reported that Max Asmus was in town last week. Mm-hmm. He is the highly touted guard out of Oral Roberts, a graduate transfer who is very highly touted, a, a really good player who's been playing in a smaller school. So that we know he visited, but he is sought after by – Everybody in college basketball, so it is not a it's not an easy get. But if you if that's a name that if you hear that name coming out from anywhere, that's a big target. And I know he was here. I believe he visited K State last week as well. Okay, yeah. I mean, so I I think this will start not not the positive mojo will start the momentum. And I I imagine a lot of these guys around the country when they start to look at different rosters as transfer portal players and prospects uh, that the more talent that you can start to build and start to give them at least a vision of what you are trying to execute, what you're trying to what you're trying to create and construct. I think it makes you uh, a lot more uh, attractive to those transfer portal prospects. So at least we know now uh, some of the uh, the players that Texas uh, will be have will be presenting as their Texas basketball team in yeah. 2023. That, that front court is looking better and better when we say, you know, Dylan DeSue coming back, of course, huge piece. Uh, Shendrick, uh, you, I, Brock Cunningham is coming back as well in there, and Ron Holland, the, the super talented freshman who is going to be coming in uh, probably in that small forward spot. That is a it's a really good front court. We're waiting on Dylan Mitchell because he declared for the NBA draft without uh, an agent, of course, didn't hire an agent, so he still has uh, the option to come back. Also waiting on Tyrese Hunter, who's in a similar position because he also declared without hiring an agent. So uh, those two names, and we don't know exactly how deep into the process they will go, but we assume they're going to see the draft process through, and then maybe you have some more good news if you're a Texas basketball fan. Yes, about those and we'll also look, May 16th, I believe, <laughs> is the, the draft lottery so that may give you a little oh. bit more because that is, well, as Spurs, Rockets, and Pistons fans are really caring about that one. Big day. But not only that, it is something where now it sets up your draft lottery. So that's when teams can get even more serious about telling recruits and telling people, hey, this is where we're looking at you because mm-hmm. then your draft order is set. So that can help with agents or help with whoever the people are talking to. Yeah. That, hey, maybe, you know. You're, you're going to fall further down, and none of these teams are as interested. And But you'll get a little bit better of a picture in mid-May. Okay. All right. So uh, good news for – great news, I should say, for Texas men's basketball. Let's jump over to Texas football. Of course, we're still uh, discussing some of the, uh, the remnants, if you will, from the breakdown of the Texas spring game. And I was listening to, I believe it was Josh Pate, I believe that's the way you pronounce his name. Uh, he does a great job uh, as a college football analyst for 247 Sports. And I was also getting a chance to, and shout out to um, uh, at, at, Doc, uh, at Doc Texas, because he's the one I think I saw, I saw it via uh, his Twitter account. There was also a discussion about Texas football on the On3 uh, Sports uh, show at a YouTube show where Jesse Simonton, I believe, was his name. Uh, Jesse Simonton also was discussing Texas' spring game. And both, these are separate, separate companies, separate you know, broadcasts. And they both brought up a very interesting point. Um, and they, the point they brought up was about Malik Murphy. 
they talked about Texas and, you know, the roster and talked about what they saw in the spring game, of course. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that both of those different broadcasts, different companies, also covering college football, they brought the performance of Malik Murphy and how his performance in the spring game could signal, all right, to other programs around the country that Malik Murphy may be the answer to their quarterback issues. Uh, the first, let's play the Josh Pate one first. We got this, Patrick. Here's Josh Pate. He has a summary, just an overall breakdown of Texas spring game, and he goes on a little Malik Murphy rant. Then there's this guy named Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy can throw the ball about, I'd say, 450-some-odd yards in the air. Not on the moon either, right here on Earth. He opened some people's eyes yesterday. I don't just think in Austin, Texas. I think if you probably check his most recent followers on the on the socials, you'll find staffers from all different sorts of schools following him. Now, I am not suggesting that anyone would ever preemptively try and tamper with anyone's roster out there for a position like quarterback. I'm not suggesting that, except that I am. So Malik Murphy shined yesterday, and while I don't think he's going to insert his name into the starting rotation this year, that's a deep quarterback room. And I don't know why people doubted me about the wide receiver room either. But if you watched their spring game yesterday, I don't know how you can take away anything other than Texas has one of the best receiver rooms in the country. All right. He actually goes on to brag about the receivers a little bit more. But I want to say focused on the quarterback position. We've talked about how talented and deep that wide receiver room is. Even I think that was our first observation uh, after watching Texas uh, during the spring game. So the other cut here, and shout out to my man Doc underscore Texas. Always does a great job just tweeting about Texas sports. Shout out. Um, he tweeted out a video of Jesse Simonton on with on three sports. They're doing a breakdown of Texas and the quarterback position overall at Texas. And then they get into the upside of one Malik Murphy. Consider what do you think he should do? Just, you know, we're, we're, we're stepping in here for Malik Murphy, but what do you think he should do? Battle it out at Texas and potentially take over an offense with a whole bunch of weapons, but risk sitting the bench behind Quinn Ewers or be handed the keys to a rebuilding offense at a place like Auburn or maybe even Florida. Yeah, if I'm Malik Murphy, I think I'm actually staying at Texas. Uh, again, I think the fact that Quinn, you know, it's no guarantee that he stays healthy. And perhaps, you know, if he struggles in a game week two at Alabama, maybe yeah. Sark opens that competition back up. The pieces that you talked about at Texas, that's the best wide receiver room in America. That's one of the top offensive starting lines in the country. If you go to a place like Auburn, O-line has been rebuilt. Hugh's done a great job there, but there is no receiving talent, and so everything would be on Malik Murphy's shoulders. I think the, the situation at Florida is even more dire. That offensive line has been hemorrhaged by the transfer portal. Multiple starters now at USC. You lose some other depth, depth pieces at Colorado, Arkansas. And so I, I just, the receiver talent, Ricky Pearsall is your best guy. And that's just a, you know, a, a little slot receiver. So if I'm Malik Murphy, I'm hanging out. I'm getting a bag. You know, I'm going to make it clear to Texas it, it's going to cost something. And I, I think that's totally fair. I think it's a win-win for both sides. You get to continue to develop under a Steve Sarkeesian who has, you know, groomed guys like Tua and Mac Jones. And you have the opportunity, if Quinn either falters or gets hurt, to be the guy for a potential Big 12 championship team. I like how he's, he, at least he was being real. He's like, you should get a bag. 
Yeah, I love that the bag now is part of the like our common vernacular. We're I talking know. about the NIL and transfer portal. The bag man used to be a it was a kind of a it was a term, obviously, to describe someone who's a little shady, who was the go between between the big money boosters and donors and the prospect, and someone's going to stay off the record and on the down low. And now the bag, which used to come from the bag man, is now just part of our everyday common language. And yeah, terminology. the bag man used to have that that photograph where or the the blacked out face <laughs> and the voice modulator in interviews. Exactly. That was the bag man. Now he's front and center. Now he's front. And he's sideline. He is. I mean, the bag man. Basically, the BMDs now they yeah. can be their own bag man because yeah. nil. And I'll say this: this is actually this is a great compliment to Texas quarterback room number one that you have. Multiple college football analysts around the country watching Texas spring game and going, "Damn, Malik Malik Murphy is good enough to play." I've watched other spring games, and he's good enough to go play for a lot of other programs around the country right now. They can start building their program around Malik Murphy. He's just that good. Now we all agree he does have tremendous upside, and I do agree he is that good. And we are all living in the transfer portal era, and the truth is. And, and Texas learned this before most, before the transfer portal even became uh, a more you know common phenomenon within the sports industrial complex at the college level. It in Texas, Texas was dealing with tre- a, a tremendous amount of attrition at quarterback, right? Because I always say it's like the old P Diddy quote: "More money, more problems." You want the type of problems that come with more money. Oh, rich people always tell you, "Man, more money, more problems." Yeah, yeah, I get it. But I want them problems. I want them big money problems. Yeah. That's first world problems. And I can solve some <laughs> of these problems with that money. Exactly. Let me get some of that money. I can solve some of them problems. But even if you do have problems with a lot of money, they're first world problems. Oh, you're in a high tax bracket. They're first world problems. Everybody's got issues. Everybody's got problems. But I want the first world problems, not the third world problems. And Texas quarterback room used to have third world problems. Now they got first world problems. Their, their issue is, oh, man, one of their uh, five-star quarterbacks may leave or one of their quarterbacks, had, they have so, so much tremendous upside that one of their quarterbacks who is a starting caliber quarterback has that type of skill set. He doesn't see a path to play because the guy in front of him is actually uh, just ascending on the yeah. precipice of becoming uh, his best version of himself or reaching his ceiling. And the guy behind him, Arch Manning, is also a guy with – uh, a ceiling that some says would make him a first-round pick, if not the number one overall pick. That kind of stuff. Yeah, like, those are first-world problems. It is fun to think too that we're in the age now that schools are, are at least that there's a there's a like a gamesmanship now too of like, hey man, go tell everybody how good that spring game was because if we're not going to get him, we want at least Texas have to pay more money for him because we want to we want to hit their money. So even if they think I pay him more, that means they don't get the cornerback that we want in the next class. Yeah. That money, there's only so much. It's like a so salary we, cap. Yeah, so even if we're not going to get him, we're going to hype him up cuz they're going to have to pay him more. That is so it, it's so right. They literally they're talking about it here the analysts, yeah. but you're so right. That is and I said this about Texas basketball. I said, "Well, you know what? We what what was the we were talking about a player, the one that kid went to Australia." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, AJ Johnson. That, yes. And I literally said I said, "Listen, man, the truth is the, the NIL era, it almost makes you operate with a de facto salary cap because, it, you know, you don't have a salary cap, but there's only so much money that every different program has to spend, all right, based on the NIL dollars. And a kid like that who's considered to be a lottery pick potentially, he wants compensation. 
Yeah. All right, period. And you got to get close to matching, what what was it, 750000 yeah. I believe, that he was going to make. He's going to make sure. Yeah. You got to match that. And then, Patrick, brought, you brought up that, well, then you got to start thinking about minutes to dollars ratio. Yeah. And, and productivity to dollars ratio and, and contribution. And if he's not going to give you huh, 10 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, whatever it is, you know, at least that, you ain't going to pay three-quarters of a million dollars for and, him. And, you know, he wants three-quarters of a million dollars before he comes. Yeah, oh, yeah. So now, now freshman year is over. Hey, man, now, how y'all want me to come back? <laughs> yeah. I had a good season. You got to recruit. Now, I, I, I need more than that. They, well, that was for four years. Oh, no, that was for a season. And this is why some of the coaches in college sports right now, they're saying they want contracts because they're saying yeah. they're tired of renegotiating every year. It's yeah. like in the pros, I renegotiate with a guy every four, three or four years. I'm done. I'm good. I start building. In college, you're renegotiating with, these NI, with the big-time NIL prospects. Every year. Because, as Patrick said, when they have a good year, they come back to the table. Yeah. They go, all right, I had a good year. Look at them stats. How bad you want me? Cause hey, and I can really tell you, me. I won't name names, but <laughs> when you don't have a good year, you come back to the table. Oh, yeah. Because I, I can name some, one, one, one player on Texas that probably didn't have the best year last year, and there was reports that he went back to the table. Hey, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you can negotiate. Yep. And Texas needed that kid, whoever he is. Whoever he is. <laughs> we all know who he is, but <laughs> Texas needed that kid. But like I said, Texas Texas has been used to this quarterback thing for a while, though. I'll give you a number. It's actually a crazy number. So I, Texas has recruited, I think, 25 quarterbacks since 2005. So 25 since 2005 that they've signed. Um, Only four of them have graduated and exhausted their eligibility playing quarterback at Texas. That's the McCoys, God bless them both, Sam Ellinger. And Tyrone Swoops, who is technically a quarterback, but was more of a utility player. Uh, of the other, and, and four of them are on campus right now. Great group, right? Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers, Charles Wright, Malik Murphy. So you have four that graduated and end up being with four on campus. Of the rest of them, 12 transferred. Uh, two, two got hurt, stopped playing the, the sport altogether. And three of them changed positions. One of them being Rojo's, don't get drafted. Yeah. So think think about the hit rate, how low that hit rate is. I mean, like, that's why you got to stockpile that quarterback room, like yeah. socks and underwear. Just just keep bringing them in because you never know which one's going to change positions, which one's going to get hurt, which one's going to end up transferring. It, whatever quarterback's not playing, this is a new saying that I I I tell coaches all the time. I said, if your quarterback ain't playing, he ain't happy. Period. Yeah. So you might as well just build your quarterback recruitment around that theory that whatever quarterback ain't playing, he ain't happy and he wants to play. Period. If you if you think you sound old by saying what you're saying about quarterbacks and in college players right now, you sound old what you're saying, and those kids are 18, 19 years old. So if you say, in my day, we used to red shirt and then sit out, and you you played your junior year if you were lucky. And you're like, Does they, do you sound old saying that? I go, yeah, they don't they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. No. We, we are in a- I get it. That's how we grew up, but that, that's not the case anymore. And especially for the quarterback position. So this is for, for Texas fans who are going to freak out when they start hearing these reports and you see them, don't freak out. It's more money, more problems. First world problems. Hey, you're going to have problems. Would you want the third world problems <laughs> or you want first world problems? And Texas quarterback room now, that's a first world problem. And by the way, tampering, don't even worry about it. It happens. Ta- tampering is like – Everybody it, does. Exactly. It, tampering is like speeding. Speeding is considered by our law enforcement to be the most violated law in the books, meaning all of y'all listening right now speed, and you do it every day, almost – 80% of people on the road break that law every day. That's tampering. That is tampering in college sports. Almost every coach in college sports is breaking that rule, including those ones on the 40 acres right now. 
So don't get mad about them trying to poach and tamper with your players because you are poaching and tampering with other people's players. <laughs> yeah, that's and just the reality. Go, go ask, go ask all the Texas basketball team how many times they got called after Chris Beard got fired or and, after Chris Beard got arrested. Exactly. Ask him how many times somebody hit them up and went, "Oh, you happy there?" Ding, 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 ding. You happy? And it's, it's, it's. I'm not saying nothing, but you happy? It's the way of the world, man. <laughs> it is what it is. No question. All right, uh, we come back. We got NBA playoff uh, review and preview. My friend, we'll preview the game, big game tonight coming up. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Patrick playing jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans. Patrick also wants to know via the Specs text on 512-337-3776, what are your bucket list items? Because it is National Bucket List Day. I like this bucket lister. It says bucket list, going out of space. Depending on how young this texture is, no BS. It's a real thing. Yeah, exactly. It depends yeah. on how young the texture is. That actually is realistic. If you're, I don't know, say they're 30 and under, there's a there's a good chance that they could see, you know, space travel become something that is, I don't know, basically more mainstream for the gin pop. And I'm not saying like gin pop, gin pop, but just yeah. for more mainstream for citizens rather than corporations now, and astronauts. Does that fall in into future. your... That's your... what space... That's what, that's what, but the SpaceX stuff is about, right? Yeah. Is this? But does does space travel fall into your recreational uh, life risking, life risking recreational behavior? You know what? Because it. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know if you can pass up going to space. I mean, they just had didn't one of that didn't that ship? Uh, no one was on it, but then they have a rocket that exploded. Just they did. The day. Didn't um. Oh man. Uh. What is his name? Wait, William Shatner. Didn't he go into space? Yeah, I believe so. And I, I, I go look up this quote because I, maybe I got it wrong, but I'm just paraphrasing. He said it was horrifying. He said it was the scariest experience of his life because he said he never felt more alone. He said it is so desolate, dark, cold. Like you think you see these movies and you're like, yeah. oh, space. Uh, the next uh, the next generation is going to be a beautiful thing and it's going to inspire us to to, you know, be these, uh, you know, these these pioneers and these explorers. But he said when you went up there, he said the first thing you as a person, the first thing that hits you is how alone you are like it you feel alone like it is it's a lot of nothing like vast nothing there is of course there's universes yeah, yeah. plans but a lot of it you recognize is like no it's this this is nothing and nothing makes you feel more isolated alienated than he said going to space he said he wanted to get back home he wanted to see people he wanted to see beautiful you know picturesque scenes and you know nature yeah. he said but he said it freaked him i said he had he was scared he said he was actually scared. oh look it up i'm not making it up no i believe you i crazy. believe you it's it is funny to hear captain kirk be scared exactly. of space yeah. but it's 
<laughs> the irony of that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to some NBA discussion here because uh, the game tonight, the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies, is going to be really interesting only because, yes, the Lakers won the last game. They won game three, and now they're up 2-1 in the series lead over Memphis. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena size, Cardi B size, Megan the same size, but is Patrick, that game was way closer than it needed to be. Think about it, the Lakers had a 29-point lead in the first half, um, and Memphis scored a franchise, franchise low, nine points in the first quarter. Whew. It was a miserable start for Dylan Brooks. And, and what did we say? Man, John Moran, man, you look, you watch the beginning of the game, you're like, John Moran still looks hurt. I don't know if he should be in that game. He was turning the ball over. Turning the ball over, couldn't hit anything. It it seemed like, man, I don't know if he should be playing. No. And then the fourth quarter. He had 24 points in the fourth quarter and 22 straight points. Yeah. And and to get them back in that game and to keep that, like, they made a run at it because he scored 22 straight points. I, 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 I couldn't believe they were back in it. I had to go back and watch it. I turned it off. I didn't go I DVR. I had to go back and watch it. Yeah. I was like, "What? I can't believe it was that close." And went back and watched John Morant. And even LeBron, uh, he said after the game, they asked him, "You know, hey, John Morant scored 22 straight points. What did you guys do to try to stop him? What was the game plan?" And LeBron, I'm paraphrasing, basically said, "There's nothing you can do." A guy that good. Yeah. When his outside shot is working, he said, "Our best plan was make him." Shoot from the outside. He's got a hurt hand, and maybe his outside shot ain't working that well. And his outside shot was working. He was like, there's nothing we can do when a guy that good is is hidden from outside and can get to the rim at will. Nothing we could do. And you know what? I, I agree with him. Even a- and AD yeah. was sitting right next to him was like, nothing you can do. <laughs> Guy's that good. No, and, and <laughs> but we also saw Dylan Brooks. There is something you can do, <laughs> which is apparently LeBron went over and had some words with him pregame. Some people are pegging what he said. Uh, but Dylan Brooks, in the short amount of time he plays, he plays a, a total of 19 minutes of that game, goes three for 13. Ooh, it's brutal. He has seven points, and he gets ejected for uh, popping LeBron James below the belt. In the junk. This is happening. We talked I about told, this. I, I, this is what I was going to send out Saturday night on, the text, on a text thread was, uh, we're going to have to name the show NBA's coverage, Balls Don't Lie. <laughs> This NBA playoffs. No, it's it, it. The Philly game had like two shots. James yeah. Harden got kicked out because he grazed. I forgot the players that he grazed one uh, defender. I think it was Royce O'Neal, right? Well, it, it was Royce O'Neal. And then we saw the kick from Embiid to Claxton yeah. because he was standing. And by he the stepped way, stepped over he, him, he, which dangling his junk yeah. over yeah. Embiid, and Embiid decided to kick him in the junk. So three different altercations because of junk. And people grazing junk and hitting people in the junk. And now you got Dylan Brooks. And by the way, it always ends badly because men, and most of the referees are men, they have a special type of empathy for any man getting hit in the junk. Yeah. They just automatically think, oh, that's why they kicked James Harden out. James Harden shouldn't have been kicked out that game. No. But he hit another man in the junk and they were like, oh. No, and Dylan Brooks probably shouldn't have. If, if, it wasn't, yeah. if he wasn't talking so much trash already. He probably would have got a flagrant one on that and not then thrown out. Also, LeBron sold it. Yes. Great job, LeBron. LeBron, LeBron was on the ground like he just got shot. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you guys know, sometimes it's a slight little graze, <laughs> and it just, oh, it, it can be painful. It can be very, very painful. So I think I'm with you. I think he was just he he was was acting. And, he But we'll see. The Lakers may now be uh, basically giving the, the Grizzlies a game here that on the injury report that came out most recently – uh, Schroeder, James, and mm-hmm. Davis all listed as doubtful for the next game. Davis, too? 
Yeah, they're all listed as doubtful. Now Davis they could all play. play. Davis will play. But they. But this is a. Oh, we have to do a Saturday Monday in the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe we'll sit everybody. Now again, it all depends on how they feel tomorrow, or with how they feel tonight. If they if they're going to come back and play tonight, but they've all been yeah. they've all been put as doubtful. This may be a gamesmanship that they all said. I don't know if we're going to go to make Memphis try and game plan differently, but we'll see what they do tonight. I don't know if. And you can't risk, man. Jai's getting healthier. Yeah. Your best chance of winning is while Jai is still, you know, recovering. Because he gets healthy, and I, I don't even know if he was healthy. I just think he was he was finally like warmed up and in the groove by the fourth quarter. And I think you know the Lakers probably had stopped. Man, stop giving so much uh, intense effort on defense was probably part of it too. But man, that dude is electric. Oh, um, also AD best rim rim defending defense he's ever played right now. He has his most shots contested at the rim per game in these playoffs, and his lowest field goal percentage allowed uh, at the rim. So he's and he's a huge part of uh, the defense they play. And John Morant was still getting to the rim at will. That's how damn good John Moran is. So that's a big game tonight. Uh, I think the Lakers, man, I want to say the Lakers are going to win this game. It's a, this is a big game for the Lakers. They can win this game. I think they got control of the series. If they don't, Memphis is a scary team right now. They're young, they're hungry, and they like to whoop that trick. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. You got to go look it up. Yeah. I, that's not something derogatory. That's like their. That's I mean, like it their, is something derogatory. It is their song, though. It is. Okay, yes, it is something derogatory, but it is like the song they play in the arena. Yeah. Like kids are singing that song. Yeah. Exactly. Memphis. <laughs> they got a weird identity in Memphis. They got a weird identity. All right, we come back. We'll wrap it up, plenty of it. I'll let you know what is on my bucket list when we return. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Papa Tom, again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. A couple of uh, more bucket list items before we get out of here. Uh, So uh, Black Shan from Tulsa says, Bucket list one is to take a picture in Santorini, Greece, next to the Blue Domes, next to my chocolate ball head. That is fantastic. Like it. I I I love that. I love this one, too. Someone says their bucket list item, smoke a joint with Willie. I've done close to that. That is amazing. I'm close to that. Yeah, good for you. That is amazing that you. So you smoke a joint with a celebrity that you admire has got to be in that yeah. bucket list thing. Yeah. Whoever it is, very like, cool. Yeah, right. Uh, whoever it is to you, that's got to be really cool. Uh, all right, here's my bucket list item. I actually, I think I want to go see the wonders of the world. This is like the seven of them, I believe. Is it seven wonders? Yeah, because you've been to the Astrodome. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Only a Houstonian can drop that one. Uh, yeah, the seven wonders of the world. I'd like to go to all of them, check them off the list. 
That's that's on my bucket list. There you go. Yeah. You got one? I, I'll say one that I could accomplish here in radio is I've always wanted to play against the Harlem Globetrotters. Since I got into radio, I'd want to play for the Washington Eagles against the Globetrotters. I never played, but I was on the court with them, and yeah. I got a chance to play as a promotional thing when yeah, I was doing they the Yeah, because they always have radio people yes. on with them. So that's one that I'll put on there as a cool oh, thing that I'd love to do. Bro, I missed five straight shots. I was so <laughs> upset. My wife was there. I actually left the arena and didn't even tell her. I was so embarrassed and upset with myself. I left the arena didn't even tell her. She was like, where are you? I was like, I'm at home. I was, I was embarrassed. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, man, Patrick. Thank all you guys for participating. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We're talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.